Thanks for listening to the Crosspoint Podcast. This is the Young Adults Ministry of the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Here we desire to see this generation of young adults reached and revived with the gospel of Christ. We believe our generation has the opportunity to change the world as we know it. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Franklin Road Baptist Church. Our prayer is that our podcast will help you grow in your relationship with God. Enjoy the Crosspoint Podcast. Bibles turn to Psalm chapter number 37. Psalm chapter number 37 is where we're going to be today. Um, we started a new series last week. If you didn't get a handout, I think Jordan's got those. Started a new series last week called Thy Will Be Done. And so kind of introduced the lesson from Matthew chapter number 26. So I would encourage you to go back and uh, listen to that. We'll have it up uh, hopefully this week on the podcast and YouTube. And so I know last week was Labor Day, so not a great time to start a new series, but um, we finished up one. So uh, I'm not big for just having kind of like a random uh, lesson in between. So started a new series last week and uh, this will be lesson number two. Um, Really last week, what we laid the groundwork for was this, is that the will of God is something that we kind of make mysterious, we kind of uh, make it sound um, like it's something that uh, it either has to be written in the sky or that um, some angel's going to show up and tell you exactly what it is. And really my goal throughout this whole series is going to be to show you that the will of God is actually very simple. Um, It's something that I think that we make it a lot more complicated than it needs to be. But the basis of last week's lesson and really something that you're going to have to come to terms with throughout the rest of the series is this, is do you even want to find the will of God for your life? And so last week what we talked about was that there's a choice that you have to make. You will sacrifice either to do what you want to do, or you will sacrifice to do that which God would have you to do. There's sacrifices on both sides of that coin. And many times what we don't step back and recognize is that sometimes doing things our way, um, not only does it take a sacrifice, but it follows, it has some consequences that follow. And so if you can't recognize that, okay, well, I'm just going to do this my way, and then, well, whatever will be, will be, well, there's consequences that's going to follow that. But on the other hand, there's a sacrifice for serving and following God's way and God's will that is often followed not by consequences, but by blessings. And so what I want us to look at today that I think will kind of help us get into maybe some more specifics is just to go ahead and knock this out. And that is what is not of God's will or what God's will is not, however you want to phrase that. And so if you've got your Bibles, let's look at Psalm chapter number 37. I want to take you to really one of my favorite passages in the my favorite verses um, in God's Word to show you what is not God's will, okay? What is not God's will? Psalm 37, verse number 23, the Bible says this, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. I believe that verse is referring to God's will. He says the steps of a good man, basically the will of your life, the direction of your life, the the path of your life, however you want to phrase it. And he delighteth in his way, verse number 24, though he falls, he shall not be utterly cast down. 
for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Would you, I don't normally do this, I know this is a couple of verses, I normally just pick out one verse, but since it is such a short passage, would you mind reading those three verses out loud together with me? If you don't have a Bible, they're there on your handouts. Verse number 23, all the way down through verse number 25, let's read those out loud together, ready, begin. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Those are such powerful verses, and I want us to use them today to learn what God's will is not. Let's pray and we'll ask the Lord to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your love for us. Lord, we thank you that you are a God that is wise enough and merciful enough and gracious enough to have a path in this life that is better for us. Lord, may we never take that for granted. May we never take for granted that your will and your way is actually what is best for us. And so, God, today we ask you to help us as we look into your word, as we take some of these principles from this passage, and, Lord, as we apply them to our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. How many of you, you've ever maybe studied up on something, you've ever maybe uh, learned something, you've maybe even learned it so that you can maybe be a little bit more knowledgeable about it as you discuss it with something, and all of a sudden, maybe for the 30, 45 minutes that you invested into learning that, you run into someone that just so happens to be the expert on it, all right? Anybody ever have that happen? So you get in this conversation, and you might make a statement like this, oh yeah, I read an article, or I listened to a podcast, or oh yeah, I watched a YouTube video on that or something and then all of a sudden they just start spitting stuff at you and you're like oh my goodness like it's like drinking out of a fire hose like of course I find the guy or the girl who who's just like the expert on this or or like of course I run into the person who's taken a master class on this and they know everything there is to know sometimes in those moments you get embarrassed don't you like well I thought I knew it maybe I don't okay and then most of the time what we do is this at least this is my personality it's like well, never going to be as smart as that guy, so I guess I'm just going to give up on it, right? Like, well, no, I thought I knew it, I guess I don't, so I'm just going to move on. And sometimes we treat the will of God the same way. Sometimes we think, well, I know everything there is to know about the will of God, and I, I, know, that the, I know what the Bible says, and I, I know this one verse about the will of God, and so I guess that that's all I need to know, and then before you know it, something happens, and you think, well, I guess it's just not worth me knowing, or I guess it's just not worth me studying it out anymore. And sometimes what we tend to do is because we can't know everything, we assume that we can't know something. I want to say that again, okay? Because we can't know everything, we assume that we can't know something. That applies to maybe just even your personality. That applies to maybe how you interact with people. But in regards to the will of God, we assume that because, well, I don't know what's going to happen 30, 40, 50 years from now, because I don't know who I'm supposed to marry, because I don't know who I'm supposed to date, because I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life, because I don't know what job I'm supposed to have, then I guess it's just okay if I don't do anything, and that could not be further from the will of God for your life. And here's the what I want you to see, is that many times, and I want you to listen to this, Many times we miss out on God's specific will for our life because we sacrifice it on the altar of not following his revealed will for our life. Many times we miss out on God's specific will for our life because we sacrifice it on the altar of not knowing his revealed will for our life. 
Well, because I don't know who I'm supposed to marry, because I don't know who I'm supposed to date, I guess I'm just going to date with no purpose and no cause and get myself in an immoral relationship. You just missed out on what could possibly be God's specific will because you weren't willing to follow and do that which he has already revealed to you. Well, I guess I don't know what job I'm supposed to have. I don't know where I'm, what my career path is going to look like. I, I don't know what my career is, and I don't know what my education is. And so I guess I'm just going to pick up this job that works me on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, and I can't follow God. I can't go to church. I can't. Okay, you're going to miss out possibly on God's specific will for your life because you're missing and you're sacrificing it on the altar of not doing that which he has already revealed. Okay? How many of you believe that it is God's will that you be in a good dating relationship, a moral dating relationship, right? We would believe that, right? Two of you, good, good voting, all right? The rest of you, you can date however you want, all right? <laughs> that's, how, that's, how we, that's what we would think, right? And yet many times what we do is we settle. We say, well, I don't know specifically what I'm supposed to do, so I guess I'm just going to do what's convenient. How many of you think that it would be God's will that you be involved in church and you be involved in following God and walking with God and maybe not having a job that distracts from that? We would agree with that, wouldn't we? And yet many times we sacrifice that on the altar of, well, because I don't know, I guess I'm just going to do what's convenient. And sometimes what we've got to step back and recognize is before we know what God's will specifically is for our lives, sometimes it's just easier to recognize what God's will isn't, right? How many of you, maybe sometimes in our meetings that are with our staff or something, we'll be talking about an event and we'll try to, we'll have a thousand different things that we want to do. And so normally someone, the voice of reason will speak up and normally say something like, you know what, maybe rather than figuring out everything that we want to do, let's figure out what we don't want to do, right? Like, like we don't want to serve sardines out of a food truck, okay? So let's, let's put that off the table. It sounds like a great idea. We don't want to have a dunking tank to raise money, okay? Those are things that are off the idea. We've got a thousand things on the board. Let's recognize what we don't want to do so that we can narrow in on what we do want to do. And in regards to the will of God, here's what I want you to see. It's okay to not know specifically what God's will is for your life 30, 40, 50 years down the road. But that doesn't mean that you can just ignore what God's will for your life is today or isn't today. And so with that in mind, I want, us to, I want to give you really four things or four thoughts that God's will is not. First of all is this, the will of God is not always your plan. The will of God is not always your plan. I phrased that point specifically because I want you to be able to see it in the passage. He says this in verse number 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Skip back up and look at verse number 4. So a lot of, this is my dad's life verse. A lot of people use this as their life verse. He says this in verse number 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. When I say that the will of God is not always your plan, I'm not saying that when you surrender to God's will that that means that he's going to go and put you somewhere that you're miserable, somewhere that you think, oh my goodness, I never wish that I could be here. Here's what I am saying, okay? is that for someone who is walking with God and truly seeking to understand His will for their lives, here's what I believe that looks like. I believe that God has a very perfect and specific will for everyone. 
And I believe that sometimes as a result of humanity and sin and maybe even some of our own covetousness, we have this will for our life, okay? If you can almost follow, I should bring my whiteboard out again, okay? If you can almost follow these two paths to where God has this perfect and specific will that is very direct and very much what he wants you to do in your life. But he also sometimes has the, he has to work with humanity. He has to work with some of our own sinfulness. And guess what? Sometimes we get way down here. We're, we are f- the furthest thing from living in God's will. We're poor stewards with our money. We don't maybe give the way that we need to. We're poor stewards with our time. And God has this will where he wants us to be maybe serving. He wants us to be giving. He wants us to be interacting relationally with people and and making an impact on them. But because of the way that we've handled our finances, our time, our relationships, man, we're all the way down here. Like we can't, we are not where God wants us to be. But there are times in life, and especially the life of a Christian, and I would dare say only the life of a Christian, to where when we are walking with God, when we are truly seeking Him, that God has a way of giving us the desires of our heart and making those our will and His will intersect. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that God's will is always maybe something that you wanted, okay? could very well be that God brings sickness into your life. I don't think that there's anyone who's signed up on the waiting list to be sick and to have maybe cancer put in their life, okay? That's not something that we sign up for. But I'm also not going to stand up here and paint an unrealistic and an unbiblical picture of God's will that also doesn't tell you that following God does have a way of bringing some satisfaction to the things in your life that you desire. So God's will is not always your plan. Verse number 23 actually shows us that. He says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Here's the way that you need to step back and see that. If God's the one who's ordering your steps, I want you to listen to this. Wouldn't it make more sense for the Christian to get in tune with the steps that God is playing out than to say, God, would you reorder your plan to my steps? I want you to think through that again. Wouldn't it make more sense to get more in tune with the steps that God is placing in your path than for you to ask an almighty, all-wise, all-powerful God to reorient His steps for your plan? And many times that's what we do. We want God to be pulled our way rather than us to be pulled God's way. We want God to change His plan and His will to accommodate us rather than us change maybe our problems, our sin, our, our relationships to accommodate for His will. So first of all, God is, God's will is not always your plan, but I want you to notice this also. This is, you're not going to like this one, but I'll bail you out in just a second, okay? God's will is not always pleasurable. God's will is not always pleasurable. So we can just skip this point, right? Because we don't like it. That's not the way that the Bible works. And I would dare say this as well. I don't know that that's the way that you would want God to work. Look at verse number 24. He says this, Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Verse number 24 does not say this. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And once you follow God's way, everything in life is perfect. It says, though he fall. Saying this, meaning this, that there will be moments in life of failure. There will be moments in life of being downcast. There will be moments in life of maybe not where you thought it should be. 
But the good man's steps that are ordered by the Lord says this, though he fall, though moments of lack of pleasure, though moments of pain will come, he shall not be utterly cast down. And here's what I want you to see. That God gives an opportunity for failure in this passage, in His will. God gives us moments of pain and of downfall and of downcasting and of discouragement. God gives us that. But He also gives us this promise that the good man, the person who is seeking his way and seeking his will and seeking his path, the good man shall not be utterly cast down. How many of you have ever seen someone that maybe because of even some spiritual failure, some moral failure in their life, they just, they just completely check themselves out of the will of God? Anybody ever seen that? Something happens, something occurs in their life. Maybe, like I said, it's some moral failure, and they just think basically, well, I can't do anything else for God. You know what are, who are some of the most encouraging people to me? It's the people who have experienced maybe extreme failure in their life. And yet they choose every single Sunday to wake up and attend church and be faithful. They find a place to serve. Maybe it wasn't the place that they were serving before. Maybe there's not a lot of limelight around it, but they find a place and a way to do something. And here's why. Many of those people, whether they are specifically referring to this verse or not, they are clinging to the promise that though I have fallen, I'm not going to be cast down. I'm not going to be out of the game. And here's why. It says at the end of the verse, For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Too many times, here's what we do. We fall and we assume that we are the ones who pick ourselves back up. We fall and we assume that it is our job to pull ourselves back up. It's our job to make everybody know that we're okay. It's our job to let everybody know that this is all right. And so what do we do? We hide behind a disguise. We become a hypocrite. We begin to kind of shield ourselves and say, like, no, 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 I'm okay. Like, no, then things are good. Things are good. I'm, I'm all right. Failure's not, I'm, I'm not going to give in to failure. I'm not going to give in to discouragement. I'm not going to give in to depression. I'm not going to give in to this failure, okay? And we assume that we're responsible to pull ourselves back up. But the verse says this, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. That's not referring to you. That's referring to God is the one who's not going to cast you down. God is not the one who's going to refuse to use you. God is the one who is going to lift you back up. And so here's what I want you to see. Although God's will is not always pleasurable, and I want you to listen to this, it is always perfect because he is the one who is able to pick you back up. So in moments of failure, rather than looking inward, let's look upward. When we slip out of God's will, maybe something in our life occurs to where we just say, you know what, I got busy, I got distracted, I, I fell into maybe some sort of sin. That's not an opportunity for you to say, you know what, I'm just going to gut this thing through. I'm just going to pull myself out of this. No, it is an opportunity for you to look to God and say, God, I need you to pull me back onto your path. And so secondly, God's will is not always pleasurable. God's will is not always your plan. God's will is not always pleasurable. And I want you to notice this. God's will is not sinful. Okay? I want to take just a couple of minutes and explain this to you and show it to you. And then we will close with one more encouraging thought and we'll be done. All right? God's will is not sinful. You have 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, verse 3 there in your life. Or there in your, there in your life. Hopefully it's in your life. Okay? In your handout. Okay? Um, 
But it says that this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, okay? That gives a very specific sin. But I think it's also very applicable to us as, or to you as a young adult, okay, in a young adult's class. Meaning this, don't expect to find God's perfect and holy will while living in an imperfect and sinful life. Just this week, just this week, there was something that came up in our church family, something that um, honestly didn't really come as a surprise. But the person who, the, there was someone that had, I mean, they had just basically blasted that they were in God's will all, o- all over their life and social media, whatever, okay? Oh, I'm in God's will. This is God's will. This is God's will. And yet there was sin there. And everyone around them was, everyone around was scratching their head saying, well, that's not God's will. That's not God's will. That, that doesn't make sense. And there are times where God's will, guess what, doesn't have to make sense to everybody. Okay? But guess what? If you are truly seeking God's holy, perfect will, it's not going to be revealed in an imperfect, sinful life. Don't expect to know who God wants you to marry if you're going to date sinfully and immorally. Let me just put it out there, okay? Don't expect to arrive 20, 30 years at this great and perfect center of God's will in your life to where you and your family are in tune, to where you're walking with God and your family's walking with God and you've, you've done all this. And if you've lived an imperfect, unholy, sinful life, I understand that the gospel covers that. I understand that's what the blood of Jesus Christ is for. But yet God still calls us to obedience. God still calls us to follow after Him. And here's what we want too many times as carnal Christians and carnal human beings, is we want God to give us this beautiful, spiritual, perfect will while we still live in our carnality, while we still practice disobedience, while we still live in a way and in a means to where we want the blessings of God without having to have the obedience to God. That's not the way that God works. God's not, going to, God's not going to reveal something that is specific for your life and specific for your will if you're choosing to live in a sinful, unholy life and just expect Him to reveal a perfect and holy will to you. God's will is never sinful. And then the last thing is this, is that God's will is not disappointing. God's will is not disappointing. Would you look at verse number 25 with me? He says this, I have been young and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I wish that I could get everyone in this room to see this. That when you choose to live life God's way, When you choose to say, you know what, I'm not really sure who I'm going to marry today, or today, (laughs) I'm not sure who I'm going to marry today. Maybe it's going to be this guy, maybe it's going to be, that's not how I meant to say it, okay? I'm not sure who I'm going to marry. I'm not sure what my job career is. I'm not sure what my education is going to look like. I'm not sure about maybe some specific things in my life. But here's what I can do today. 
I can wake up and I can choose to do that which I know God already wants me to do. I can choose to wake up and say that, you know what, today my life is about doing the best that I can for God. Today my life is about following God's plan for my life. Today my life is not going to be about seeking pleasure. Today my life is not going to be about seeking sin. Today my life is going to be in finding fulfillment in God and in His way. Just this past, just really a couple weeks ago, the Lord has really been working on me about how much I'm uh, in a hurry, I guess, if you want to put it like that. Um, and let's just be honest that we're not normally a great picture of Jesus Christ when we're in a hurry. Okay, If you are, then you can come teach the lesson on how to, how to be in a hurry and be Christ-like. Okay? Um, even just today, as we were walking out of the, out of the garage, we have, we have like one path through our garage that we can walk, okay? And we've got one of those cool little, like those little dunas for Blakely. So, um, like we get her down the steps and you can push her out to the car. And Baylor decided to ride her scooter and just like sit in front of the garage door. And, I, and like we're trying to get out the door for church and I was like, Baylor, you're in the way. Baylor, you're in the way. So I finally just grabbed the handlebars of the scooter with her still on it and I pushed her. And she's like going backwards she's like hey and I was like you are in the way like and I was thinking I'm going to use an illustration about being impatient and in a hurry and and so one of the things that the Lord has kind of been working about on me about is like you know just like cool it like even when I go into order some, at somewhere like I get impatient about like giving them my money and, uh, and stuff like like you guys should be in more of a hurry okay like you like I'm in a hurry you should be in a hurry what I've found is that I'm normally not a great reflection of Christ when I, when I am with those people. Whether it be my own family, whether it be someone that I'm trying to order from, whether it be whatever, okay? And here's what I'm beginning to see. Is that when I am living in accordance with God's will and God's way, it has a way of slowing me down and making me realize that this is what is important. It's more important for me to walk into a restaurant and to be a light for Jesus Christ than it is for me to get my food in a timely manner. Let me just say that that's not natural for many of us, is it? That's not, that's not the way that we lean. We lean that this world is here to serve us and it's here to meet our needs and so we're going to go and give them a two, star, two stars on Yelp and Google reviews when what we've got to step back and understand is this is that God's will is never disappointing. You know what? The moments where I slip into my way more than I slip into God's way, do you know what I actually experience? I've never walked out and tried to be kind, walked out of maybe a restaurant or walked out of like a Starbucks or something, and I've been maybe kind to the person behind the thing that was slowing me down or whatever. I've never walked out and thought, man, I'm so disappointed in myself for, how, for not being rude. But you know what I have walked out many times where maybe I'm not the type of person who says something, okay? But I can get a little bit frustrated. I have walked out many times and I've gotten in the car and I've thought, you know what? I'm disappointed in how I handled that. That's just a small example of the way that many Christians choose to live their lives each and every day. I would hate to get to 60, 70, 80 years old and look back on my life and be some grumpy, old, grouchy Christian and be disappointed for the 40, 50 years that I lived this life because of how selfishly and how carnally I lived the Christian life. 
I don't think that when you get to the end, you're going to step back and think, you know what, I wish I'd have been more rude to people. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I, I, wish, I wish I would have rushed more. I wish I wouldn't have shared the gospel as much as I did. I wish I wouldn't have maybe put myself out there and become uncomfortable. No, I think that what we'll find at the end of our lives is that we will have wished that we could have done more. So why not just live each and every day and say, you know what, today I'm going to choose to not be disappointed in the will of God. If that means that I'm 15, 20 minutes late for something, it's all right. If that means that I don't get something in the way that I needed to, that's all right. Because today is more about me living in what God has told me to than living in what I want to do. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, let's pray and we'll be done. Thanks for listening. If this lesson is helpful to you, feel free to share it with someone else or let us know by emailing us at crosspoint at franklinroad.org. You can also check us out at frbc underscore crosspoint on Instagram and Twitter. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.